and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action. A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox. So you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is the furiously forthright weight loss expert who helps busy women lose massive amounts of weight while eating food they actually want to eat. Woohoo! Since launching The Honest Way in 2014, she has led clients to weight loss totaling over 17,000 pounds. Oh my gosh, that's a big deal. But even more important than that, she keeps it off with the mindset shifts and skills they've learned in her programs. I am super excited to welcome Melissa Rhonda to the Dreamcast. Thank you for having me. Yay, I'm excited to talk to you. You're a certified weight loss expert. You're a fellow podcaster. You're a wellness coach. And you have worked with a lot of people over the last few years. Before we get into your current programs, I'd love to hear what got you here. Like, Why did you decide to start a business to help people take off the weight? Oh, man, that feels like a loaded question, Denise, (laughs) because it's all wrapped up into one. Um, I was an obese child. And I was obese basically most of my life up until I was about 32. My dad owned candy stores when I was growing up. So that certainly didn't help anything. And uh, four out of five family members obese, you know, it was something that we all struggled with. And as I got into my 20s, now what I know is codependent, but at the time I thought I was being helpful. <laughs> I was concentrating more on my father's health than my own. And I would meal prep for him because I was trying to portion control for him. So this was like, I'm dating myself, but this was when I was in my 20s, meal prep wasn't even a thing, but I was doing this out of portion control for him. And he would just go out and eat whatever he wanted anyway. And he never truly listened to me. It was something that stuck with me for a long time. And I had been through a toxic marriage, um, substance abuse issues, the whole nine yards. And I decided that I just wanted to get healthy 
And boy, I'm certainly summing that all up, right? (laughs) Well, you know what I find is that our whys, our passions are born out of a blessing or a burden. And you experienced life, not just yourself as obese, but your family too. And you saw them and yourself being sick and tired and not being able to do things and not feeling good. And you got to a place where you're like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, you have to get to that crossroads. And I realized that I just had to do something about it. And so I started lifting heavy and started eating right. And I changed my life. So I had realized, oh my God, like if I can do this, anyone can do this. And How much did you lose? I lost 60 pounds of fat. So I like to say 60 pounds of fat because I put so much muscle on my body. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have a coach? How did you learn to do this? In the beginning, I hired a personal trainer. And at the time, I had just enough to afford eight sessions. So I hired him. I savored that time together. I wrote out every single thing he said, like it was like my my Bible, uh, my gym Bible, so to speak. And, um, And I just plugged on from there. So after I realized, I, I, it just became that thing that I was obsessed with, mm-hmm. um, besides my family. <laughs> and so I just realized that I was so, this, this was more, you know, I was really unhappy in my career. So after a second marriage, you know, I talked to my husband about it and I just said this, I'm just, I'm so, so passionate about this. This is what I want to do with my life. And he supported me with that. So I got my certification while I was working a terrible job. And quit that job and I haven't looked back. So I've been in business now for five years. Ooh, congratulations. How long was the weight loss journey for you? 60 pounds and how long? Well, I would say about a year. Okay. But you know, like any journey, like entrepreneurship or weight loss, it doesn't matter, right? It has ebbs and flows to it. So there's times where I'm putting on more muscles. So I might actually intentionally gain a little bit of weight, you know, and then I'll lean back out. So it's kind of always ever shifting, but probably about a year. What I think is interesting is I did a bodybuilding competition a few years ago. So I learned a lot about this space, you know, eating nutrition, dense food and cooking for yourself and things that I didn't know before because I thought that eating at Panera was healthy. And I feel like you just don't know what you don't know until you learn it. And so once you get the bug to learn, it sounds like you couldn't stop. Yeah. I mean, it it really truly became my everything. And I think it all led up to, right, like a a really traumatic childhood. And then watching my father, my my father actually died a year ago of obesity. So it's been a, a very hard theme in my whole life that I truly felt like I was put on this earth to do this. Mm-hmm. So, so it became an obsession because it, it felt just very organic. So when you were going through your journey prior to starting the business, did you feel like you found yourself throughout it? Because it sounds like prior to that, you were looking at other people and helping them. But once you began to really help yourself, a lot of things unfolded for you. Yeah. Other people, prescription medication, alcohol, food. It doesn't really matter. You know, I was just trying to dull a lot of pain. So one of the most amazing things that strength training taught me was that you can be in a little bit of pain and live through it. Like, you know, I know that sounds kind of crazy to maybe to some people, but I think we just live in like 72 degree houses and, and we're just so comfy and cozy. We really don't want for a whole heck of a lot you know, considering, right? 
And so we're so used to being comfortable that we're so afraid of being uncomfortable. And so strength training really taught me to dig deep and learn to be uncomfortable. That has served me in every other aspect of my entire life. Because before that, I was like, feeling something, stop the feeling with food or whatever. Oh, that is so good because you're right. You mask the feelings by doing X, Y, and Z or out an external focus essentially. But in weight training, you, and even, um, I I love working with athletes because they know how to keep their eyes on the finish line and, and go through the grind and all of that. And they realize that it's a, a part of the journey. And that's, it's a means to an end. You kind of have to walk through. You can't skip it. You can't go over it. You can't go under. You have to go through it in order to get to that finish line. But on a personal level, even when we feel triggered emotionally, that's a part of the journey too. And we get to work through it together. So we actually can get to the other side. Yeah. So would you ever do a competition again? Good question. Okay. So if I were 22 and had no family, I love competing. Like I, I'm a competitive person. I love to have a goal. If I don't have a goal, I'm bored. So I would love to do a competition again for me, but I feel like it made me a bit grouchy. It took a lot of time away from my family. We had to kind of like their schedules had to revolve around mine a bit. And I really did have a harder time rebounding or coming back out of it than I expected. So part of me would do it again so that I could come out of it better because I know that I can, but part of me doesn't want to put myself in that position again. (laughs) Yeah, I can. I, in the beginning, I thought I like you and like, I have to have a thing, right? Like whatever. I don't want to just arbitrarily like, Oh, let's just get healthy. That doesn't, that's not sexy for me. So I I really did want to do something like that, but I really don't think that I have the hardware even still at almost 40 years old, the emotional hardware, so to speak, to handle that. It was probably uh, one of the harder things I've done. And I've run a few marathons. I've built multi-million dollar organizations. Like I've done some hard stuff, but this was something that impact. It had the ripple effect throughout my every day. And I just had to do it regardless of how I felt, regardless of what, what life was happening. I had to stick to the plan and stay focused. And I did. And I got a really good picture. And I feel like that's enough. <laughs> yeah. But it's, isn't that entrepreneurship? It is. It really? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really did mirror. And what's interesting about my journey with the bodybuilding is when I started it, I got to this point about three or four weeks in, I kept going, is this worth it? Oh my gosh, is this worth it? I'm not sure. And so what I had to do is YouTube and look for stories of people who experienced this hard thing and it was worth it. And I thought people who join my business ask the same question. Is it worth it? And they need to hear stories of people that have experienced success. So they keep pushing forward. So you've got clients, they've got a lot of life going on. They've got some weight to lose. What are some of the first steps someone can take to turning their dreams into reality? First of all, I would say mindset. I think you're going to love that, right? So I think that that's really missing in the weight loss space. Like we'll talk about food. We're going to talk about fitness and we're going to maybe even talk about like putting some habits in place and how you make that stick. But unless you have the right mindset, none of that matters. And I see so many women because I only work with women. So I'm sure there's men thinking this as well, but we think like, well, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try this thing. And we'll just see how it goes because I haven't had success thus far. You know, 
and to be fingers crossed, but I don't want to get my hopes up. And the first sign of something not being easy, like the perfect example, you were a few weeks in and all of a sudden the, the sparkles worn off and you're like, oh my gosh, this is hard. But if you have that mindset of just, well, we'll just see, you're going to say, see, I knew this was hard. This is why I didn't try in the first place. And then it's this weird sort of self-fulfilling prophecy because you actually feel good because you proved yourself right in a wrong way. It's so weird. And and I can say this from personal experience, being someone that struggled my whole life. That is exactly what I said to myself every single time I started whatever crazy diet it was. I would say, get that mind right. And then we can start talking about the other stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that's so true. I mean, like mic drop, try, try. What does Yoda say? We do not try. We do or we do not. <laughs> what do you think it was for you this last time when you lost the 60 pounds that made you actually shift your mind to say, no, I'm not just going to try. I'm going to do it. Oh, that's a great question. Now, years later, I look back and I go, oh my gosh, no wonder why I, I was so successful. Somehow that time I had instinctually done all of the, the practices that I now learn that neuroscience is like, yeah, girl, this is what you need to do to lose weight. <laughs> so I, de- I definitely drew a line in the sand and I said, I don't really particularly care what it looks like, but this is the new me that, that I'm going to be. I got crazy about tracking every single thing. I'm a, okay, I'm not a numbers girl. Like I hate adulting and I, I hate doing my books and stuff. But if it's numbers like how many steps did you get today? Or how much can you bench press? And then in six weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, look at what I can bench press now. So I love to see some cold, hard facts and uh, having tracking has been instrumental in that. But ultimately, I do go back to the mindset piece. I truly was at my rock bottom. And if I didn't change, I knew I couldn't, I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be. It was really in a, in a bad, bad way at the time. Yeah, it's true. That rock bottom, the, the pivot, the I can't be here anymore. And then the decision. It sounds like you made a decision to not just lose some weight for a wedding, right? But it was like a long-term, you had your eyes on the marathon, not just an event, which I think means that you're thinking about it differently than if it's just to lose 10 pounds or lose 20 pounds for spring break. You know what? And you hit the nail on the head. How often do people say, well, like, oh, my reunion's coming up, so I want to lose weight. You have to want to do it for you and no one else. I can understand the desire to say like, oh, I want to get healthy for my family. But ultimately, girl, you've got to want to get healthy for you because it gets really, really hard and it has to be for yourself. And it does have to be a decision that you're making that you feel good about because a lot of times we can put our health first but then feel guilty about it. Or maybe we go work out or maybe we want to eat at home instead of going out and we feel like we're imposing on other people. How can we put our health first without feeling guilty? To me, that's the true key to weight loss. And for myself, it was codependency. And I thought codependency meant that you're needy. And I'm actually the opposite of needy. But what I've come to understand is that my happiness depends on other people's happiness. So if I said to you, 
I want to go out to eat. What do you want to eat? And you said Chinese food and I wanted tacos. I would go up Chinese food and I'd probably be kind of like pissed about it in my head, you know? And, and I wouldn't even let you know. And it would be this thing that's there. But so I, I, I never really uh, learned the skills to vocalize my own desires because it felt very guilty. And I think so many moms struggle with this, having their own business, you know, raising a family, the whole thing about mom guilt. The fact is, is that you have to learn to be a little bit, quote, selfish. You know, it has such a negative, uh, it, it, right? Like people are like, oh, that's self. You have to learn to be a little bit selfish because most women are so selfless. They've got to find that balance. Mm-hmm. I heard this said that if you, you can't pour out of an empty cup, right? And so if you're not pouring into yourself, there's nothing to give. But if you pour into yourself, meaning you're doing things that keep you excited about life and passionate and joy filled, then then you can overflow and it does impact your family in a better way. Absolutely. And I think that if we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes too, we tell stories like, well, I can't because I'm helping with the PTA or, uh, you know, I just, I'd love to work out, but I've got to drive the kids here. So there's a lot of buts there, you know, yeah. sometimes those are just the story. So we're telling ourselves a story that I need to put other people's needs before my own, but we're using that as a way to avoid working on ourselves. Ooh, we think we're being super selfless when really we are hurting ourselves in the process and we're just using it as an excuse, essentially. So you work with a lot of busy moms. Do they put their workout and eating plan on the schedule first? How do they shift their priorities so they get this done? So there's a couple of things that I think are really important. So many women can run around like like the hare in Alice in Wonderland. And they're like, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And I'm so busy, I'm so busy. It's almost like this badge of pride. When often, if you really assess the ways that you do things and what you're actually doing, it can be done more efficiently. So with my clients, I provide them with meal prep guides. So I'm a huge fan. I think you probably are too, Denise, right? Of meal prepping. It's the only way to live as an entrepreneur. Yeah, you have to. Here's what I know. Once you have a plan, then you don't have to think anymore. You just execute. And when I have meal, I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat because I already know. (laughs) Yes, it's the best feeling in the world. And you don't even have to retain information or space in your brain to think about, oh, what are you making for dinner? It's like, it's done. It's done. So I do teach them that. They get shopping list photos the whole nine. Uh, But the ultimate plan is for them to be able to create their own down the line so that you're not just spoon feeding information. You want to really, you know, educate. Right. Because that's the goal. You want people to learn a skill that they can then continue on, not just be, it's like teaching them to fish instead of just giving them a fish. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Some people might say that it's a bit too late for them. I mean, I know as a clinical psychologist that our habits are formed by the age of 23, 24. Can you really teach an old dog new tricks? What if somebody feels like they're too old to make a change? Oh, that one kills me, especially because like 40 now is is so different than 40, 40 years ago. You know what I mean? I don't ever accept that. 
I am like Madonna. I have lived different lives. <laughs> and I didn't even start my weight loss journey until I was 32. And I really had an uphill battle. I think that any person with the right mindset is capable of doing anything that they want to do at any time in their life. I don't know if you've seen this woman or not, but I've seen her a couple of times on Facebook or Instagram. This, uh, She's a bodybuilder and she's like in her 70s and she's the most amazing body I've ever seen. And she like just started. It's the best thing you can do for your body is to get healthy. You only have one. You've So to tell yourself that it's too late is really, really sad and, and completely untrue. It's giving up before you even start. Because you mm-hmm. you experience tremendous transformation in one year. Mm-hmm. It does so much can change in a year, but you do have to start today. And I feel like when I hear that, I think, well, number one, how bad do you want it? Because again, you're just making an excuse. But so much can change. I think sometimes we feel like it's going to be harder. I mean, it may be a hard journey. It might not be super easy, but you really can see change in just one year. Yeah, and I think a big thing for me was the realization that. I may not look like a 22-year-old Instagram model like ever, right? I've had two children. I'm almost 40. I was obese. So there's a lot of, you know, but I will tell you what, the feeling that I have of just being able to put on anything and feel really comfortable in it, to me, that is so, why wouldn't you want that? But some people feel like, well, if I can't be this, then why be anything? Why even try? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So you have two two children's boys or girls? So we have a blended family. We actually have five together, oh, but only two came from me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all um, 16 to 11 years old. So they uh-huh. eat a lot. Yes, they do. And I'm sure that your habit change has filtered into your family. So how has that impacted the rest of, of the family? I think that, well, we have two vegetarians, which is is interesting. So I've learned to be very efficient with that as well. But what I would say is that I've raised my two that are with us 24-7. They are so comfortable in the kitchen. It's amazing to watch them. I mean, my son just made a batch of the best chocolate chip cookies this weekend. You know, we eat all sorts of food. It's not just like healthy food. My daughter is in a like a home ec class right now. And so we were talking about like what they're making and stuff. And she said she was shocked by the other students that don't even understand how to use the the measuring cups or any of those things because they haven't learned those life skills. I think the biggest blessing that I've given my children through not only them seeing their mom be like just transform um, everything. Not, not just my body, but our entire life through just sheer tenacity. But it's also just taught them like that they can get in the kitchen and they can do those things too. Because I had a house where you like microwave steakums when you got home from school. I don't know if you remember. Like, <laughs> we'll have to Google that. <laughs> they're like these horrible 80s foods, you know? And that was like, we just didn't learn those things. And I think it's important for kids to learn how to make fresh food. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. So when I was doing the show, I would say I was a healthy competition and the judges could tell how many vegetables I ate. (laughs) So my boys are now almost eight and five. And so they were like three and six, maybe when I was doing it. And they like got such in the habit of seeing me cut up vegetables that they would come and pick at them and eat them. And we'd have vegetables out and now they love peppers and things like that, that I certainly didn't grow up with either. I, you know, I grew up with 
oatmeal cream pies and stuff. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember those. <laughs> okay, so I want to hear about your clients. Tell me a good client story of someone that experienced transformation in your program. Oh, okay. So one of my clients, I'm going to have a hard time not saying your name. You know, I'm sure you're this way too. When you do one-on-one work, they become a friend, you know? So she, she I, I consider her a friend. And uh, she wanted to run a triathlon. And she, I work with women that are at least 50 pounds or more overweight. She had a lot of weight to lose. And when we first started working together, you know, she couldn't even do a squat without any weights in her hands or anything. By the end of this process, she just completed a triathlon in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's truly amazing. The transformation that she's had. And it's like, I think she lost two, you know, it's not a shocking number. It's like 50 or 60 pounds, but her body looks completely different. Yeah. How long do you typically work with your clients? Usually. So I have different programs, but they tend to stick around. <laughs> well, I feel like if you have a good amount of weight to lose, you know that you need more than three months. Cause if it were easy, you would already be doing it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, some of them stay more than a year just because because we just bond and and they like, you know, they like it. But I would say at least six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. How important do you think accountability is in this process? I think accountability is very important, but I think that people skew the idea of accountability. So someone had sent me a DM and was like, well, I'm interested in your program. So like, are you going to message me when I don't show up? You know, are you going to, I need someone that's going to be on top of me. And I said, "I, I think you're misunderstanding what accountability is. You're accountable to me. So just by the sheer fact of paying and that we have an appointment, if you don't show up to our appointment, that that's not me going to run after you. You know, you have a personal responsibility here. So I think accountability is so important. And I kind of like, if you don't want to follow the structure, then I don't work with someone because you can, the one thing I learned and I love my father, God rest his soul, but you cannot drag other people uphill. So if they're not willing to show up and do the work, then I don't work with them. Mm. Mic drop again. Yes. No, it's really true because you can't want it more for your clients and they want it for themselves. And so you're providing the structure of accountability, but it truly is up to them to have the internal desire to make a change and to take a step. So I've got a couple questions about about fitness and about health and about how you call the balance, right? You can lose a massive amount of weight, but love your life and it doesn't have to feel painful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you have an amazing YouTube channel with tons of content. Definitely check it out, guys. All the links will be in the description box below. But one of the ones that stood out to me is breakfast. So is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? Because we hear a lot about breakfast, intermittent fasting. I mean, there's lots of different ideas of the right way. So what is your take on that? Okay. So in your situation, like when you were competing, I can understand fasted cardio. I can understand intermittent fasting. But I know what happens is a a study will come out and a slice of information is fed to the masses. And we would love to assume that these things that work for elite athletes will also reap me these same rewards. But the fact of the matter is that we don't behave like elite athletes. 
So what what is the, the key to me is fueling your body every three hours, making sure that it's healthy food. I teach my clients to set timers on their phone in the beginning because when you have a lot of weight to lose, it's very difficult to to understand emotional hunger and actual hunger. We get them confused. So the idea is feed yourself every three hours and only eat those every three hours. When I get on calls with people, they will go from, the, and it's almost always the same story. They're not eating all day long, pretty much. They're so busy. It gets around five, six o'clock. They're cooking dinner. They're eating food while they're cooking dinner, probably drinking some wine also. And then they're just eating all night long. And then all they want to do is eat sweets. So the idea of someone with those habits doing intermittent fasting is an, an absolute nightmare. So focus on eating every three hours. When you've got five, 10 pounds to lose, I can definitely see the benefits of intermittent fasting. But to me, the first meal of the day is setting your attention. It's saying, I am taking care of myself. And I know for myself and my clients will say the same when they, when they treat their body right first thing in the morning, they're set up for success the rest of the day. And I don't think that breakfast needs to be like the second you wake up because I like to drink my coffee, you know? <laughs> right, right. But I just, I hate to see people wait until two o'clock, had already gotten a workout in too. That's an issue. You know, you've got to fuel your body. Yeah. What type of food are best in the morning? Well, I think everyone is different. For myself, if I have oats, oh my gosh, the entire day I'm eating every single thing I can get my hands on. Now, you might be able to eat oats and say, really? They like stick in my gut. I feel full for hours. So I feel that it has to be a personal learning experience. I, I provide my clients, you know, you know, the meal prep guides that have an abundance of different kinds of food on it. But ultimately, a lot of us will get to the point where we, we tend to eat the same thing like every single morning because it just works. And you're like, I already know what the macros are. This is good. And so for myself, I love a spinach and feta omelet with Ezekiel toast. It just sets me right, girl. <laughs> that is what I have every morning. Yeah. Get out! Yes, it is. It's so good. But you're exactly right. So when I was doing my show, I was in a strict meal plan for six months. But what I found is that a lot of those habits stuck and I have the same things for breakfast because we re really are habitual creatures. And we, once we have a habit, we don't have to think anymore. So once you find what works for you and you've got maybe two or three options for breakfast, two or three options for lunch, two or three options for dinner, you tend to circle through those and you know that you're on the right track. It's like Steve's Jobs and the Black Turtlenecks. It's just, you don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Three habits that will change your life. Now we've talked a lot about mindset. We've talked about eating. We've talked about exercise. What are some habits that you really work to help your clients make? Morning gratitude. I like morning gratitude better than I like night. Well, actually I like morning and night gratitude, but uh, if you're only going to do one, you do it in the morning to, and I know you probably know this one, right? It's <laughs> probably talk about this a lot because it trains you to look for more positive things. And especially if you're overweight and I know this, like I was just down in the dumps and I felt like everything was against me. And 
I, so I looked for things. I looked for proof that it was against me. And so I love to help people look for proof of happiness and, and have gratitude for things. So we definitely do gratitude. Every single Sunday, I would say set an alarm on your phone for Sunday night. Get in bed, make it your routine that you look at your calendar for the week. Because if you're doing your strength training three times a week, and maybe some people can do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever that looks like for you. But I find as a, as a busy mom, that shifts. You know, there's weeks that are different. So I like to take a look at the week ahead, you know, make some decisions, but, but time block that fitness. And just, it's not, it's not negotiable. It's just like having to go to work or whatever. That's a, the second one I would say. And the third one I would say would probably be grace, which is a little more abstract than like a, a concrete thing. But so often we feel that we can be great at something for seven days and screw up. And it feels like all that beforehand was wasted. And that's not true. We have the opportunity every single moment to stop and redirect our behavior. And I think that's probably the biggest dream squasher out there is, is that idea that once you make a mistake, you have ruined it. Because frankly, you're not supposed to be perfect at it because you're learning something new. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I really, I haven't heard it said that way. And it's really so important because we can give up again in the midst of the journey portion before we get the finish line. When it's unnecessary, we can just say, all right, well, keep going, do it again. Because the seven days prior to that made a difference. Absolutely. So good. So good. Okay. So what I love about what you're doing is not only are you educating, you are living in a passion zone where you have experienced your own success and you want to shout it from the rooftops and share your knowledge with other people, but you're adding a lot of value and you're also having so much fun. If you looked at yourself 10 years ago, would you imagine yourself here today? No, no, I, I would not. I wouldn't imagine half of what's happened to me in my life thus far and, and where I am at this point. It's all about the perspective. And I look at everything and say, well, this has trained me. <laughs> I was just being trained for this. But now that the, the past five years, I have never in my whole life felt so aligned. I eat, sleep, breathe this work. And there's no better feeling like I will still get goosebumps daily from people. I will just tear up like I'm talking about it with you now. And I get that way because because it may just seem superficial, it may seem like weight, but it's not. It's it's transformational in so many ways. And to be able to do that with people, I, it's like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. It's the best. It is the best. Yeah, I can tell you're living it. Like you're exuding this passion and joy. And you know what I think is interesting too, at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that obesity was a family thing. Like it ran in your genetics and what you're, what you're teaching yourself and others is that genes can be turned on and off. You are not a victim to your genes and you really do have choices to make and, and legacies, generations will be changed because of the effort that you're putting in right now. Yeah. I heard this saying that I found quite hippy dippy and then I went back to it and I was like, wow. So time travels in a circle. 
And I, I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Time is an, a line, like a timeline. But when I realized that I was engaging in relationships with people, that I was playing out the role as my father, marrying people that I was turning into my mother. And it became this, and I would imagine m- much like my father and his mother, and 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 we really do repeat these cycles. And and even if we want to feel like we don't, there's no way that that if we're not in some way taking what we've absorbed as children and engaging with other human beings in that way. So to be able to stop that toxic that codependency is a gift to myself, but also to my kids for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what do you do every day to stay motivated and filling yourself up? I do. I practice what I preach. I, I do exactly what I tell my clients to do. I wake up, I get um, get the kids off to school, have my coffee and I journal. I write gratitude. You know, I make sure I have everything scheduled and planned um, out for the day. But I also have just learned to do things even when I don't want to do them. And I think that we all should be doing that as much as possible mm-hmm. because just sometimes just getting it done, even when you didn't want to feels so good afterwards that it was almost worth it. You know, like I hate doing the adulting sort of things. I like to just talk to people all day, but if I have to like, you know, do something with PayPal or whatever, like I'll ha- I'll want to put it off. So what I say is set some alarm on your phone. You know, if you don't want to do it today, fine. But that's a sudden alarm that says, Tuesday, call the dentist. And when that alarm goes off, honor it. And you will feel so much better. You'll have that weight off of your shoulders. Yeah, it builds that internal trust. You believe yourself. And the more that you believe yourself, the more you'll follow through on the things that you want, the more that your life will change. Do you have a, I see your bookshelf behind you is full of personal <laughs> development books. Do you have a few of you that are your favorite? Oh, boy. <laughs> You got me on the spot here. I'm all looking right. at him. I'm like, I've read that one and that one and, and that, that one, one and that one. They're all so good. <laughs> okay. So I would say if, if someone's listening to this podcast and they feel like, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally do things for other people, even when I'm bitter about it, I would say read Codependency No More. I think that to me, that book was, it, it changed everything for me. I I looked at life through a completely different lens once I was able to do that. And I can see the benefits to anyone, whether weight loss journey or not, if they do have codependent behaviors, that reading that book will certainly help you shift without the guilt. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you can really honor who you are, what you want, and know that it's important. So guys, check out The Honest Way, W-E-I-G-H.com, The Honest Way. Is there any other place where we can connect with you? I think that's probably the best place because I have linked to my Facebook community and my podcast and all of that on thehonestway.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been great to get to know you. I love your passion, your wisdom, your energy. And I can just tell that you are impacting everybody around you. And and what's so cool about what you're doing is that you're changing your clients' lives and then they're going out and they're continuing to pass that information on as well. And so uh, the domino effect of what you are doing is really special. Thank you. All right, my friends. Thank you, Melissa, for hanging out with us today. Check out thehonestway.com, her YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, all the things will be listed in the show notes below. And we'll see you in the next one.
so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big. 